All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Afternoon, everybody. Another episode of the Real Life Podcast brought to you by Rig Hand Distilleries. Heard that last week, Dan, Nation Dan, our very own, made a Rig Hand ad. He did, yeah. And they said, although they really liked it, <laughs> they were going to make another one. That, to me, is high praise because the vodka distillery game is precise. And if you aren't exactly conveying their creative dreams, it doesn't matter how good the ad you made were. It was, rather, if you don't have the right ad, we don't have any ad. So in the short term... This is the ad. Rigan Distilleries, maker of Nation Vodka. Delish. Give us some. Yeah, where's your brum at? Yeah, I want some brum too. Not a drop of brum? No, no brum to be had. Beet rum, Rig Hand. I don't know who else you're looking for in the beet industry that has a higher profile than bag milk, but he is industry-leading spokesperson. Beets th- person, if you will. I was thinking about it. Who outside of some choice babas around are eating more beets than I am? You have had more mentions online of the word Beats than Dr. Dre. Thank you very much, Beats by Dre. Anytime anybody sees Beats anywhere, whether it's chips, juice, weird fads, it comes to me now. You took a photo, you'd signed a beat at the pint, and I didn't know that Beats were gray. I thought you'd signed like a giant rock and didn't know what a beat was. It did look like a rock, hey? That was a beat? It was a legit beat. Why are we going through Beats at the pint? 
well, we went out for it was Chris's birthday this weekend. Of course, so we went out for Chris. Uh, he is eleven years old. That's a big milestone. Yeah. Well done. He's the nudge of the team. We went out to a uh, little lunch at the Pint. Took the boys out for lunch, and then yeah. uh, the chef wanders on out, and he's just wondering, "Hey, man, can you sign this for me?" And there it was, presented with a fresh beat. Wow, you're quickly turning into a pillar of the beat community. I, I, I think you've aligned yourself, your brand with beats now so well, and you're so synonymous with beats that you, I think you got to stay with it. Oh, I'm staying with it. It's not I don't going mean, like eat beats at the voracious or the the the, the crazy rate that you are right now because <laughs> you know there's the, the Oilers are helping with that, but. I think there's a thing there. There's you can cash in on this man. Get those that those beat you checks. Can't always eat beets till the end of time. You'll become a beet. I feel like I'm more beet than man at this point. Beet milk. You're even wearing yeah. like a purple sweater. That was white when he started <laughs> eating beets, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's coming out of him osmosis. <laughs> He's turning everything purple. I'll tell you, I've, like I had a nice little week long break of not eating beets. Oilers lost last night. Stomach paid for it. It was an ugly morning at the Castle Milk this morning. Really? Yeah. Disgusting. It was. It was a good game, other than the OT shenanigans with Anaheim sticking in their zone, refusing to come out to play. It was like I was saying, though, like, wool shit on it, but it was effective. It worked. But, like, it worked because they got the outcome they wanted. Which but is like, the definition of working, yes. No, 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 but, like, for anyone who <laughs> saw it, it's not like because they just stayed back behind their net, it set up that horrific play. It was a series of mistakes mm-hmm. that happened, which is probably what they were patiently waiting for. But it's just like to me. That's just like that's that's that that's soft. That's like just pussy bullshit. Now you listen here. You and I sat in the stands together for years, watching the Dallas Aiken swarm defense, nodding wisely as though it was going to turn out. We will watch anything if we think it's going to lead to success, including a comedy of errors in OT and Anaheim awaiting us. It just drives me crazy. There was a moment last night where I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to have to eat beets this weekend, and uh, it's going to be nice. The Oilers were up by two goals. Mm. I'm like, we're going to do all right. This is fine. And then it was not fine. It was not fine. It was not fine. We did a good job. Like, we survived that first period because yeah. Anaheim was yeah. on us. Yeah. Uh, and to come out and come get ahead 3-1 and just fart it away like we did was uh, was annoying. But, highlight, McDavid. Yeah. Two McPoints. Two McPoints. 99 points now in the season. Ethan Bear. points. One score now on the goal sheet. One. That's yep. good. Nice setup by Connor. That was a good goal. And he was like on a knee when he scored it too, which his, is gangster. His parents were in the stands. His mom was crying. Mama was, Bear, Papa uh, Bear. Mama Bear. Oh, wow. Yeah, there, there oh, you if you haven't heard that one before, Bear, you can send your checks to 25 cents to uh, Warney Man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so there's there was some positive there. Yeah, just shitty ending. I was, I was getting excited to watch the three-on-three and then for them to just kind of like stall like that. Very annoying. Well, let's start with talking about number 97 with 99 points. I mean, he is going to beat last season's output when the Oilers themselves had triple-digit points, which is amazing in of itself. It shows me that he must have had all Norwalk viruses, hepatitis A through Z. Polio. curable. Polio. Yeah, he had polio. It's terrible to try and kick that during the season. The fact that now that he's healthy and it's just the do whatever I want show starring Connor McDavid. Have you? Seen, when's the last time you saw somebody picking the NHL apart at will like this? You know what it looks like. Do you know that part in the Matrix when Neo first realizes he's Neo and he starts seeing the world in code? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what's happening right now. Connor's seeing the game in code. I don't know what everybody else is playing, but it's not the same game he is playing. I feel like he's just like, well, I could pass to my teammates who largely don't deserve it. I'm just going to start shooting and scoring and smiling and pumping my fist amazingly in the air. When he does those celebrations after goals, it shows you about all these other fake guys that are celebrating after every score. 
Connor only does it when he loves a goal or when it means something to him. I respect oh, that. Yeah, he is like legitimately jacked. Like he wants to do this. There's there's a chance. I mean, he's six goals back, but there's a chance he could go for the Rocket Richard Trophy as well this year. With the clip he's scoring goals at, you never know. Wow. If he wins the Rocket Richard and the damn Art Ross and then has to go to the NHL Awards with stupid what's-his-nuts, the, the <laughs> PR guy on his arm, JJ, and then stand there, there should be an empty space for the worst GM in the world trophy beside it because you couldn't take the guy who won that and that and convert that into a playoff, you dickbag. The worst part about Connor's run right now is seeing the tweets that are coming out from media around the country that's just like, this guy's going to have 100 points easy. How can the Oilers possibly miss the playoffs? Good question, whoever you are. <laughs> oh. So let's use the magic of mathematics, and let's predict how many points Connor's going to have at the end of the year. So the Oilers just finished game 76. Correct. We have, by my math, 400 more games to go this season, or six. So in the next six games at 99 points, bag milk, what's he going to end up with and why? Justify your response for extra points. I'm going to go out, and he's going to get 110 right on the nose. 110? So that means he's got 11 points coming in the next six games. 11 wow. points in six games. Come at me. You're not, you wouldn't bet against it. Well, well against I, I wouldn't, I, there's no number high enough that I wouldn't bet against. But uh, I think myself, and Bagmill gave me some math truth earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, We're prepping he, more. Rig hand if you're, here, if you're listening. Yeah, so he's gotten, what, 10 points in his last four games? 10 points in his last four games. Five goals, five assists. Named NHL's first star of the week. Just First today. star of the week. Okay, factoring the first star of the week as yeah, uh, some yeah. uh, coefficient. Of yes, some. of course. Over one. Uh, so 10 and four. So 15 and six. Sure, that's the kind of pace if he's he's not he's not slowing down. Wow, no, no, he's not slowing down. Get out the calculators. I think that uh, puts you at 114. 114. Like, I can remember when Doug Wade got his 100-point season. And I think the Oilers missed the playoffs that year, if I recall correctly. Yeah, and we were chart because they'd made the playoffs around there, and then Dougie Wade got 104 points. I remember when he got the 100th point, and I remember watching it at home and just being like, I cannot believe an Oiler got 100 points in this modern era where people aren't putting up 100-point seasons. To be sitting here talking about a 114-point season for Connor McDavid, like... See you later, Kucherov, you loser. The only thing we've been able to do to defeat the Russians this year is when Connor blew past Kucherov exactly. the last 15 games of the season. I don't want to bet. I'm going to, I'm going to price this right without going over. I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to split the D there and say 112. Mm. Oh, oh you're like brave. the band 112. Mm. Shout out to Bad Boy. Still mm. got it after all these years. 112 points. Wanye, I wrote it down here on the sheet of paper. I'm sure to lose immediately. And we will have to ask Dan what we all predicted, and he won't remember either. We will discuss this and further other delightful things after the break. The Real Life Podcast is brought to you by Rig Hand Craft Distillery, the first craft distillery in the greater Edmonton area. This family-owned business makes vodka, rum, whiskey, gin, moonshine, and coffee cream, all locally sourced, produced, and distributed. Rig Hand Distillery and the Real Life Podcast – a partnership made in heaven. Visit us at RigHandDistillery.com. We're back. Real Life Podcast brought to you by Rig Hand Distilleries. We just made some predictions before the break. We have a bag milk coming in with a 110-point season for Connor McDavid. Squire, with all of his knowledge and Nate graduateness, he comes in at 114 points. And I took the coward's route and split them up the middle and said we're going to have 112. Connor McDavid right now, as we are talking, has 39 goals on the season. 
Do you gentlemen remember the last Oiler to score 40? Smitty. No. Nope. was not right. Jimmy Carson? Uh, Jason Arnett. One Peter Klima. Oh, wow. Peter Klima. It's been a minute. Wow. That has been a minute. What year was that? 1910? Yeah. 91? I think it's somewhere around there. I'll have to go back through Gregor's, uh, Gregor's tweets, but that's where I get all my facts was from. Was Jimmy Carson the last order to get 50 goals? I believe Probably. that was uh, Craig Simpson. Craig oh. Simpson. Wow. 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 Whoa. 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 Great hair. Great goal scorer. Oh, jeez. Hell of a hell, hell of a head of hair. I remember seeing him on the way to the playoffs. I remember we saw him every day. And those guys live that pace all the time. We were thinking we were so crazy. And someone said to him, are you excited for the game, Mr. Simpson? And he said, just another day at work, man. And I was like, what a loser. But now I realize that he's still been on the road since then and was on the road 20 years prior to that. And prior to that, he was on the road for his actual playing days. I miss uh, seeing him sell carpet. I think he still does that, doesn't he? Does he? he? I think so. Carpet World. Yeah, every now and again. He'll Craig's still, World. He'll still roll out a carpet out of someone the other day. Oh, I see what you did there. Just roll it out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done. Well done. Shout out to myself. All right. Well, speaking of former Oilers, uh, our good friend George LaRock is in the news for making wildly baseless accusations about the personal lives of former Oilers, which <laughs> seems ironic given that he himself was a former Oiler. But let's talk about that for a little while. So George was on a Montreal radio station um, said that he heard a rumor from a source that there was a rehab stint for one Taylor Hall the summer that he was traded from the Oilers. Just today, this would have been, Dan, was that two days ago that he did that? So that was on Saturday that he uh, said that on the radio. Mm-hmm. Blew up everywhere in Edmonton, as you can imagine, because we kind of like to talk about the Oilers. I have a special alert on my phone. If any Taylor Hall news comes, it sings Ode to Joy and messages <laughs> me three times. And I don't even like this. <laughs> so today he backed it up saying his source was wrong. The information was completely inaccurate. He apologized to Taylor Hall, everybody uh, involved. He was wrong, admitted it like a man. He said that his... He had no business saying it on radio and so on and so forth. So my question is kind of, um, considering how quickly news can spread now, how do these guys put out what they know but also verify it and make sure that what they're saying is accurate? Because how often do you see something just go out, whether it's a, a trade request or something where it's one source, here's the news, say it like it's gospel? Now, first of all, these things are very tricky. Okay, and I can recall one time being tricked by a hobo at the bus station thinking (laughs) that Sam Gagne was going to be the 13th captain of the Oilers. If we have to source all our sources bag milk and make sure everything we're saying is the truth, and I'm air quoting here with a free hand. Yes, I see it. When are we going to have time to check our phones? Mm. We're going to be too busy looking up all the facts that may or may not be true. No one has time. Exactly. What else? I wouldn't be able to say half the shit I said if I had to verify. Look at President Trump. He isn't worrying about what's true. He's got time to shoot from the hip. He's telling you lies and then telling you the next day that he lied. Yeah, he's telling you like it is, not how it is. Like it is. It's like. There's the truth and then the truth. Exactly. Having said that, in all honesty, I think it's like ultra bad form. Yes. I think that one of the problems with the media, the sports media, just in the last you know, a little while or whatever, but like building up players seems to be a lost concept. You used to read puff pieces about people. You'd see puff pieces on TV. Explain the Olympics is a great job of this explaining in 30 seconds. Why the assistant coach of the Barbadian luge team is the most important person to watch in this whole match. And they build people up. And I don't think the sports media necessarily is interested in building people up. I think there's better business to be done in this day and age, tearing people down. I was going to say, it's all about them clicks. Uh huh. 
And like one of the things that we do at the nation is we try, try not to bring players' lives into it unless it's something like the nudes with the puppy or other puff pieces that can't be hurt. But I think just baselessly saying Taylor Hall was in rehab, even if it's true, there's got to be some sort of bro code here, George. Yeah, Zorro. it's a brotherhood. Like the, it's the it's the PA in the NHL PA. Like I think, or the once an oiler is always an oiler. Like I think there's you got to protect you know your brothers especially if 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 for some random reason or strange reason that is true or even if another player has that situation you kind of want to protect and help build that guy back for up sure. so he can get back into the into the show now obviously like with taylor hall obviously that's probably all bullshit and he's lighting the league and probably gonna win the heart which pains me to say uh but uh yeah i don't think that's uh I don't think players should be doing that. They've got to be out there protecting one another, coming especially from an enforcer whose job was to protect his play, his, his his teammates. Yeah, I remember I saw Glenn Sather recently on uh, on After Hours, and they asked him the most innocuous question ever, like, "Can you confirm you worked for the Oilers at one point in your career?" And he's like, "I'm not telling you anything." That's how you got to do it. Old school. You got to keep it the G code, right? You gotta you gotta keep it quiet. I don't understand. What do you think, Bagmo? What what about that? I just the weird thing to me is why now. If you're going to talk about it, this is the, we're two years removed. Yeah, this from the is the relationship that, that will never end. Yeah, we're going to be. Yeah, we're never. We're not going to stop talking about this trade. I tweeted it the other day that I look forward to when Taylor Hall retires, so we can stop talking about this. We won't. We'll bring him back. <laughs> bring a banner. Bring him a banner. That's yeah. what we'll say. We'll yell. Of course, at the time it'll be space. We'll be yelling into space, and there's a vacuum in space. You won't hear it. But in the distant, distant future, when he retires, yeah. I just think the way I think about it is, let's just say that it was true. Um, you know, who knows, right? But what what is that doing for him to put that out there? Like there's oh, no need for it. Listing him. No one's going to touch a guy like that with a 10-foot pole. There there's there's no need for it. And I think you said that at the nation, you know, sometimes we hear rumblings about weird things that go on in the city or at the at bars or whatever. Which secretly but, is one of the best parts of the job that we get to know, but yes, continue, yes. But we don't talk about exactly. it. Exactly. Because to me, at least the rule that you know I abide by at the nation is unless it makes these guys look good, their personal life is their personal life. Now, the exception to that would be if another Chris Pronger thing happened. If Chris Pronger, too, please don't be named Connor McDavid, decides to bounce on this team and the city is being dragged into the mud and the obvious reason why things went the way they did isn't being brought up due to some sort of weird bro code in the media, I think we have a responsibility to the city of Edmonton that people don't incorrectly conclude that our cold weather is why players don't want to play here. I think there's been a lot of times in organizations history where they've mystifyingly not stood up for themselves. When there was right before Connor's draft year, when they did the poll of NHL players and the Globe and Mail put on the front page, Edmonton least enjoyable place to play or something like that. And not a single person from the Oilers came out, no active players, no one in the organization came out and said, this isn't true. I think that's doing Edmonton a disservice. So the only time that I would say we should break that law at the nation of not getting into behind-the-scenes stuff is if the city's getting slagged through the mud. Yeah, defend the city, defend the team. Exactly. Which is like, goes well, this is like the nation, what it's all about is that we're just passionate fans. So yeah. we want to make sure the players are put on a pedestal because we love the team. Yeah. We love what they do on the ice. Sometimes we don't agree with what they're doing on the ice, and when a guy's in a slump, we're going to hammer him. But we're, you know, it, 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 every, our our domain lives with what happens on the ice and off the ice, only in a positive light. And that's kind of what being a fan is. You don't want to if, if if hear negative stuff about the player and ruin your kind of 
you know, perception of them because then it kind of ruins your perception of the team, and that's the last thing that we want. Like, I had a former flame on the Oilers, and I found out something about him, and I couldn't bring myself to talk about him anymore because I knew too much, which is exactly what Gregor told me would happen when we first met. He said, you'll, you'll know too much. You won't be able to look at them as heroes anymore. I've got thick, thick rose-colored glasses, though, Gregor, and 11 <laughs> years later, I'm still seeing things positively. I always want us to have kind of a scenario where Let's say as an example, Milan Lucic comes up to me in the street and he says, hey, man, you're saying bad shit about me on, on the website. And I'll say, yeah, you're playing like shit. Yeah. But no matter what he does in his personal life, we're not going to touch it. Yeah. And I feel like that's a trust that we can have with the players that, um, that they can kind of take to the bank. Mm-hmm. And Lee I think Gazdick that's important. told my boy at the pint, the hall hates me personally, but that's why you invent a fake name and sit behind a keyboard <laughs> like a gutless warrior. I don't care. I don't like Taylor Hall as a person. I think he's fine as a player, but I think this is terrible. I wouldn't just go around making up shit about him unless I thought he was going to be the 13th captain of the Oilers. But I'd just say it if it popped into my mind, apparently. We were uh, doing a, uh, we were selling some merch at the Summit Show a couple of years ago out in Sherwood Park, and a guy came up to the nation table. He's like, any of you guys bag milk? And of course, I cowered and yeah. I completely caved and said, "No, I'm just an intern, sir." Bag milk owes me twenty dollars. <laughs> and uh, he's like, "Oh, well, I'm Corey Cross's friend, and he hates that guy." Really? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So the apparently, best way would you say to Corey Cross? Apparently, well, I kind of use him as my low bar. Ah. I say you don't want to Corey Cross that play, that kind of thing. Oh, so okay. it's oh a, like jolting. It's a yeah, it's, it's jolting, but it's crossing. <laughs> Remember when we accidentally ran jolts out of town? They turned out to be all right. <laughs> Oops. Oops. I think that not tearing players down. So I think one of the habits we've gotten into as Oilers fans in the last 10 years is tearing players down, especially around this time of year. Because as a sports fan, you need to have somebody that you can point to and blame it on in the short term. You have to. You can't be like, oh, well, it's a it's a circumstantial thing, The why the Oilers are so terrible, and there's 15,000 things going wrong and blah, blah, blah. No, I want one guy to blame it on. If it's Jeff Petrie, so be it. If it's Joltz, <laughs> so be it. I don't care. Just give me someone to boot. But that's professional sports. Like That's how fans react, and that's just the way it's always going to be. You can talk to a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles, and it's going to be – some linebacker that is the Garbage. sole reason, even though they won the, the Super Bowl, but like the reason why they lost. Not confirmed. Game. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's just being a sports fan. But I do think in the next ten years, as presumably things are going to go better this season, notwithstanding, one of the things we do need to try to work on, both as a company and just as Oilers fans, is like let's not turn on four Ds because they aren't the one Ds we need them to be. Mm. Whereas I think going backwards, of course you're going to, right? We're being sold a bill of goods year after year after year with zero accountability from the management. As fans, it's going to make you loopy. Yep. But making sure that guys like, who'd be a good guy that you could you could build up over the course of time? Zach Cassian. Zach Cassian's been treated very nicely, I think, in his time here in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. He was coming in with a lot of issues. The media only choose to bring those up 100% of the time that they interview him. Thank and he came much. in like... Hated. He was the yeah. guy that smashed Gagne's jaw apart. Yeah. And now I think if he smashed Gagne's jaw apart again, we'd all cheer for him. <laughs> Say, well Say done. Who? That's what you get, you ass. Yeah. That's what you get for not being captain like someone was told you would be. It's amazing what happens to a hockey player when they stop, stop wearing your jersey and wear another team's jersey. It's just like... You're done. You're dead to me. Well, Jerry, when, Jerry Seinfeld's got a funny joke about that. It's like you're not cheering for the player themselves. You're cheering for the clothes they're wearing. Yeah, that's fair. Does Seinfeld love anything? No. Exactly. No, from what I can understand, It's all no. just blasé shrugging over the Seinfeld host. I think that when you look at a guy 
that comes in here underperforming, and we've had so few of them that have been able to turn it around. You know, Pat Maroon was another guy who came in here that was underperforming and turned it around. Yeah. Right? If you're going to be a great team, you need to have an environment by which people come in here and get better than they were. And you have to have some overachievers, and you have to have some retreads. And that was one of the amazing things about the Decade of Darkness was that not a single retread I can think of actually worked, except for guys maybe like nominally like a Derek Roy or something like that. But we need to have an environment where players come here and don't feel like their confidence is being eroded and whittled away all the time. Yet at the same time, it's very difficult for the last 10 years to be writing content all the time that isn't negative in any way. And I mean, you look like an idiot sometimes Mm -hmm. congratulating, uh, you know, the others on the Ryan Strom trade, right? Like it doesn't make any sense. You know what we shouldn't have done? And I realized yesterday when I was watching Blake Wheeler getting interviewed for a post game from the, which was was a good game. If you're a hockey fan, which is intense game between the jets and the, the predators. But Wheeler is the player of the game. Yeah, voted like, internally voted by the by the team, and he's wearing a Hendrix Heroes hat. Mm. So you're saying we shouldn't let the hat go? So yeah, the hat should have stayed. Right. Yeah, it had an oil logo on it, which yeah. was funny. No, yeah. um, <laughs> which you know just says a lot about Matt Hendricks. Clearly, yeah. he has he's been with the team for a short time. He's been hurt a lot of the season, but he's been, he's, he's ingrained himself as a leader with the team to the point where. A, t- a player that goes out and plays well and works hard gets rewarded with a Hendrix hat. And he was ours. Well, we only had $8 million worth of cap space, and he wanted the ungodly sum of seven hundred grand. How can we, we keep a guy like we that? We could have signed him for a song. This is the player that the team wanted to dress and take warm-up with every playoff game because yeah. he was so important to the team. This is the player that would host t- the team at his house for barbecues. Like, we don't have that kind of leadership. That shit is not happening. Yeah. And I think that's a big reason why, you know, we took a step back. We lost a lot of leadership. I agree. Like, Connor's going to lead the team yeah. on the ice, but there's those, like, intangible things that, like, a, a character guy like Hendricks can bring. And for the pricely sum of seven hundred grand in NHL bucks is nothing you could have. And uh, maybe we're in a better place. I think Connor's a different kind of leader, right? Connor you know, really, really, really good players like that that are just faster and smarter and nah, 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 nah. they see the game differently. It's hard for them to probably be good coaches and probably hard for them to be good leaders because they haven't had to think the game the way other guys do. They can be nice. Oh, yeah. They can be inspirational. Well, yeah, like a guy like Connor is going to go out and he's going to try his ass off every game and he's got this elite level skill set and he's going to go to war and that is leadership. And remember how we heard that he called every oiler on their birthday and he called every oiler called with the phone in the offseason saying, how are you doing? That's leadership. He he does the things, but you can't. He's not a veteran leader. He's not a veteran leader and that's fine, but he's still a good leader, but like. You just you you need other leaders around him. He just it's just not a one man band oh, to drive the team. So like, you need a vet. You need a guy who's a, who's who's a grinder who has had to make the most of the skills he had. Who can come and talk to you and say you know maybe give this a shot, give that a shot, and isn't so unrelatable as Connor with his four million points. Guys probably get vulnerable talking to Connor when he comes and has to talk to them because he's doing so much. There's probably a lot of guys in that room that don't want to meet him in the eye because they know how hard he's working versus what they've done. Mm-hmm. And a guy like Hendricks, I think, is like the everyman. And good friend of the show, P.S., when he was on here, he was very bloody nice. And at the end of it, said to him, like, are you going to play in the league? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to continue to play in the league. And the way that he looked at it, he didn't play an NHL game until he was 28. Yeah. Like, that's a guy who is, first of all, grateful to be there, is taking 
nothing for granted. Loved Edmonton. Loved Edmonton. He was a buddy of ours neighbor. Couldn't yeah. have said enough nice stuff. Like, kids were going to go to school here. He was planting his, his, his roots down in Edmonton. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we let him go. So if you said this exact take on social media, it would be dismissed immediately because Hendricks is a guy that plays like 10 minutes a night, gets zero points. Right. And that's kind of what people look at in terms of player evaluation. Why do you think that as fans, we can't necessarily look past the box scores when it comes to guys like this? Because that's all we get access to. We're not in the room. We don't, we're not ingrained into the, the DNA of the, of, of the team, of the, the, the core of the team, the pulse of the team. Like, we're, we're, since we're not exposed to that, and not even media is really exposed, they'll see little bits and pieces of it, but like, you, know, like you only realize it if you're a player. Uh, and it's evident when you lose someone who's so like a, a, a leadership part of the leadership nucleus when they re- go away, you can see what a result looks like. Yeah, I think that you know to your point, Bang Mel, like how do you respond? Got to remember too, like social media is a subset of a subset of fans. Social media is people who are largely inherently negative. If you look at like they've analyzed tweets, there's way more negative than positive being said. So I would sort of I wouldn't say dismiss because everyone's got a very valid reason, they're very very valid opinion to think things, but. You can like like Jay said, like you can look at the team and say, like, gee whiz, they didn't really take that much off the table. Why are they so much worse this year? There are intangibles mm-hmm. that don't necessarily present themselves when you're looking at his point totals. And if someone were to say, This is BS because I can tell you that he only had, you know, ten points, we could also look and be like, Okay, well, there's you know, not that many things that were subtracted by the team and except for thirty bloody points at the end of the season. And look at Winnipeg. Winnipeg probably isn't going to thank Hendricks for leading the team in scoring, but I bet you regardless of how far they go in the playoffs, they will cite him as a reason. Yeah. And that's further real evidence that, you know, guy goes from team A to team B and team B loves him like team A did. That's empirical evidence, you soulless bastards on social. When I saw Blake Wheeler wearing that hat, I just just went into like like a deep thought, and I was just like, oh, my God, like we let this guy go. Like this guy's come on to a new team, had to like go and like, form new relationships with all these guys. He probably only knew one guy on the team. Uh, and all of a sudden it's to the point where they want to wear this guy's hat because it's a reward for hard work in a game you played. And shout out to their hat supplier for getting that stitched up so fast. As we well know in the hat game, you can't just have these things turned around on a dime. <laughs> yeah, we'll, be my... ba- we'll be back after a break. Real life podcast brought to you by Rig Hand Distilleries. Have you got holes to dig, earth to pack, and roads to build? Then you need to call Java Machinery Group. Does your equipment need a service? Yeah, can't fix stupid, but here at Java Machinery Group, we can fix everything else. With a full range of parts to keep your equipment running smoothly, Java Machinery Group is a family-operated and Alberta-grown business. Here to help build a bigger and better Western Canada. Give us a call or visit us at jappamachinery.com. Java Machinery Group, join the family. We're back, real life, brought to you this time by our good friends over at Japa. Shout out to Japa. Job equipment, good folks. We're sitting here bitching because the hardest problem all of us are facing right now is that Dan told us to move our cords less. You know I'm a freestyle <laughs> rapper. You know how I likes to gesture while talking. The Squire, bloody hell, you're a hand talker. It'll be all good right. living when we've got a microphone that we can pull right down from the Squire and his hands are free oh, again. Yeah. Exactly. Jazz hands going at mock. You could be like Eminem in like the booth in 8 Mile and you could be like gesturing wildly and checking your scrawl. But the mic is stable. But I'm also like moving around in my chair, changing my position. I'm a fidgety guy, so it's uh, yeah. So I apologize if you're hearing a lot of cord wiggle, Dan. Yeah, cord wiggle. That's, That's the name right. of it. Exactly. It's, da- it's also a dance. Isn't it weird to think that Eight Mile came out 13 years ago? 
or no, with my math wrong, 15, 16 years ago, 15 years ago. It isn't Good that Lord. crazy if you take a look at Eminem. Eminem's face is frozen in <laughs> perpetual scowl and distrust. He's no longer blonde. No. He never laughs. Have you noticed that? He's never happy, is he? I don't think so. Or he just can't smile. Well, maybe he had Botox or something because he's also had some work done. Yeah. Yeah, he looks pulled back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like somebody... It's accurate, but it's just funny. Someone was talking the other day about... Because there was Trump going up the stairs to the plane, like a gust of wind blew his hair off or some damn thing. Yeah. And they were saying that you can get a mini... What the hell do they call it? Basically, you take some of your scalp, you take the hair out at the back, you put it on the front of your head, and then you pull your entire head back to like close the gap of where you took the scalp out at the back. And it gives you a mini facelift. So you get a mini facelift that tightens your face, and you also get like rich head of hair on the front. Like, I think that's what Eminem might have done, even though he never seems to have been going bald. Mm. It is so evident when people get the the, the face peel back, and, and and I don't get what the allure is to it. Like, it doesn't look good. Like, it's like, oh, you had your face pulled back, like quite evidently. I think some people look good. Like Vladimir Putin looks phenomenal. Do you if think he, he's he's had face? Work? Are you out of your tree? I, of course he does. If you go back and look at when he was like the vice mayor of Vladivostok or something, he looked thirty years older then than now. Oh, he's wow. had like the bags under his eyes fixed. He's had cheek fillers. He's had all sorts of shit. I can walk in plants, uh, neck implants, possibly. No, no, peck implants. I think yeah. <laughs> Dan's going. No, no, no. Don't don't diss Putin. We're not dissing Putin. <laughs> we think he looks phenomenal. Yeah, you look great, sir. And he's ready for another nineteen years in office. But uh, yeah, who else has had work and looks good? Well, what was the gal who got the, her nose done and then once her nose wasn't was no longer bumpy? She, Jennifer Grey. That's cited as like the all time celebrity. Don't get plastic surgery. She had a unique nose. She had it reduced. Then she was unrecognizable and didn't really work again. I've always wondered what's happened to her. She's still out there. If you look her up, she just looks very different. Ah, that makes so much sense. I think if you have plastic surgery because you really don't like one thing about yourself, like, why do I have this vestigal tail? Yeah, get that taken off. But if you're like, I really want to fight aging, I think plastic surgery is a poor, poor move. Like, if you have an ear on your forehead and you want it moved to its place, that's fine. Clip that shit. Exactly. Everyone's... Everyone's entitled to try to look like a normal human being. Yes. But not to, yeah, no, I'm with you. Or just I, go all in like Michael Jackson. If you're going to do it, commit. Oh, if we have an extra, if we have, for one reason or another, we do a seven-hour podcast, you and I can discuss what really happened to Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah. But I think he had to have that surgery. I don't think it was his choice. But that's neither here nor there. Who else got Jennifer Aniston's for sure had work done. She looks phenomenal. She looks, she looks good. Jane Fonda looks phenomenal. Oh, Jane Fonda is still a babe, and she's, she's beautiful. Like 89. Like, yeah. I don't know what she is. Yeah. Same with Christy Brinkley looks fantastic, and she's in her mid-60s yeah. or so. Yeah, 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 Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Cindy Crawford, too. Incredible. Cindy Crawford, Elle McPherson, Heidi Klum. Mm. Heidi Klum looks phenomenal. You started this off talking about Trump, and you know what bothers me the most about, about him? Mm-hmm. That he tapes his ties down. You see that? Well, I think he has to, doesn't he, with all the wind and everything these well, days? Well, his tie comes down, like, below his crotch. Super long. It's because he's rocking a front porch, and when you sit down, you got to have the long when you stand up. Otherwise, your tie only goes down, like, there. <laughs> it's just sitting on your tummy like yeah. a, a TV tray. So he's t- taping his tie to his shirts. So, like, the back tail part, normally it slides in that little holder. Mm-hmm. His cannot, uh, since it is so long, so he scotch tapes it down. Uh, well, And it's odd. Get a custom tie, man. That's if you true. want to rock exactly. a long tie. He has a tie company for crying out loud. I used to have Donald Trump ties, but when they were before they were popular, and they were great. And I had to throw them all out because my ties have to follow political convictions. Mm. 
<laughs> Donald Trump made fine, fine ties back in the day. I'll tell you what, he did. Steaks? Okay. I never had a steak. I never had the vodka. I never had the water. Who has branded vodka, P.S.? Hey, what, oh, the, what is going on there? Only that legends is, do. He doesn't even drink. Douchey. Yeah. yeah he, uh, never right, mind the fact drink. that DJ Khaled doesn't drink either, and he's the spokesperson for Ciroc, but that's neither here nor there. Last night, or uh, the other day when the others were in Carolina and San, or in uh, Ottawa, and they were just putting up goals like crazy. All mm-hmm. I could think about was this time that Wanya and I were recording a podcast, and then after you told me a story about uh, when yourself and Nipsey would go, and another one, yeah. every time a goal got scored, <laughs> yeah. and that's all I could think about. <laughs> and then I was yelling out my own name in the house, confusing the dog, and another one, and they just kept coming and coming. It was beautiful. DJ Khaled. Shout out. He's doing Weight Watchers. He looks phenomenal. Ooh, that's a good move for him. There was a photo of him and Assad sitting on the couch today eating healthy stuff and mm. going to the gym together and whatnot. That's a, that's a good marketing deal there. We don't want to leave it too late. No. Right? No. Like looking like Rick Ross, my boy, he's bloody well up and down and left and right. If you're DJ Khaled, you got to get fit. Yeah. Get in there. You're killing the game. You got to Killing the game. Kid. You want to be able to perform and exactly. still tour and do all that shit. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. 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 Well, speaking of touring and speaking of other things like that, the biggest shock to me internationally, other than the Oilers doing so crappy, is Vegas doing so well. This is getting ridiculous. When you look at the standings, the Oilers and them should be swapped. Yes. And 100%. Vegas still would have been having a good year. Yeah. I think I think Cambridge uh, uh, Analytica hacked my my standings page well and put done. Vegas topical. to the top. So topical, well because done. I swear they are fake news. I honestly don't think Vegas is going to get through the first round. I just think they're at fourteen fifty nine on their fifteen minutes of fame, and they're going to shit the bed. Like but how the do real you accidentally have a hundred point season. Some could argue the Oilers did that last year. Well, the Oilers also should have a 120-point season, and they don't. So just yeah. random shit happens. Obviously, there's a lot of pixie dust surrounding the team. They're playing as a team. Uh, they've been able to bound, bound together because they were you know, forgotten stepchildren on their pre-existing teams. Mm-hmm. So they're leveraging all of this. But I don't think this can last. I think, I think you're right. I think the pressure is off right now in that they had no expectations. Nobody expected Vegas to do absolutely anything. Now like my sex off. tape, no expectations. That's right. Mm-hmm. And it was over very quickly. Like Although, my sex tape, no expectations. <laughs> <laughs> Although the production was fantastic. Anyway, um, I would go so far as to bet and say they are not anywhere close to a playoff spot next year. Nowhere close. Well, their sophomore slump, which is real, as we've seen this year, because Connor, even though he's destroying everybody and everything. You know what? The sophomore slump doesn't exist for him. I'm backing up. However, the sophomore slump for the Vegas Golden Knights is going to be horrific because if there's one thing you know about Vegas, it's that anytime you have a good time in Vegas, it's going to be followed by a terrible time in House Vegas. always wins. Always wins. Now, do you think people in Vegas bet on themselves? I do. I think there's enough. The players? Not necessarily players, but just like people in Las Vegas. Like, was there some greasy old bugger at the sports book who just won on a Quinella, and he's like, ah, you know what? I'm going to put 500 on the Golden Knights just for next year because I'm an idiot. And now he's like due to receive millions. Oh, yeah. Their odds going to the season would have been insane. 500 to 1. Oh, my God. That's, uh, that's epic. And I wonder what they are recalibrated to now going into the, the playoffs. I bet you they're probably like a 4 to 1, 5 to 1, 8 to 1 situation. The romantic in me wants them to win. 
Because mm. wouldn't that be a great story if the... And then they close down the team and move? Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, whatever, we did it. But like for them to start the season, no expectations. Everybody thinks they're going to be trash. I remember we covered the expansion draft in the nation, as you do. Mm-hmm. And everybody looked at Vegas's lineup and go, oh, they're going to be bad. They're going to be real bad. And that wasn't just us snarky Oilers fans going, oh, they suck, Vegas. Who cares if they take Griffin Reinhardt? Have him. He's not playing, by the way. Um, everybody said it. And to have them go on this run is just crazy. So I would love for them to win. I think it'd be fantastic. I think Do they miss- immediately disband the franchise? Yes. I will answer that myself. I will answer my question with my own answer. <laughs> yes. There is a rule in the bylaws. If you win the cup your first year as a team, you have to disband. I am so fed up on my social media timeline of seeing some new stupid record Vegas set for being their inaugural season. Like yeah. points in the month of March for a team in the first season. Why won't you let Vegas have their due? Oh. Why'd you be such a hater? I'm not okay, here's not where I'm not hating. I'm happy that the team worked in Vegas. Mm-hmm. It's it, you know, it's it's good for the expansion of the league. So I'm I'm happy that the 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 crowd or the fans are supporting the team. Uh the one other thing I'm really pumped about and then, sorry that, it's, that, that, that it was a success because now teams like Seattle are going forward and stuff like that. So it's good for the NHL. But I guess, and I've got to get down there for a game. And Dan, I think, has been down to one. Uh, but I think they've set the bar for like the in-game experience. Oh, yeah. Which I'm hoping will have a trickle-down effect across the league. I'm looking at Dan. Uh, not a lot of crowd shots in Vegas, I assume. Just like general, hey, look at this fan sitting the there watching shows. the scoreboard. Mm, weird. Like they've got those drummers or whatever as the game starts. Hold on, hold on, hold on. on. Startled local people aren't the star (laughs) of the show. Ooh, I'm on the scoreboard. Look, Francine, it's us. Like they've had to work harder uh, as a team and as as a well as a team and as a like a a team for the fans. Uh, And you know, there's a lot of success there. But uh, yeah, no, I'm just this this band of misfits. uh, I have no allegiance to, and I hope they shit the bed in the playoffs. It really sets the bar high for Seattle too. <laughs> oh, like all the, yeah. the, 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 the this is this is the Wayne Gretzky of expansion teams. Yeah. Like none of these records that they set this year could ever be beat without a doubt. Well, and it didn't happen the way that you would think it would too. It wasn't like their first pick in the draft all of a sudden's unbelievable. Or I mean, they were down to bloody their fifth string goalie. They had a guy who was a pit boss at Circuit Circus. Is that it? Casino? Circus Circus? Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah nice. Make sure your tetanus shot is up to date if you go to Circus Circus. Oh, yeah? Why is that? Everything's pokey and When gross. we were down there in September, we are driving by Circus Circus. I was like, oh, man, this is greasy. Like, they haven't done anything there in years. Really? Allegedly, in my opinion, of course. Remember Circuit Circus? At oh, in West Everton Mall. The old food court? Yes. Go there to get beat up? I was a child? That was amazing. <laughs> I wonder how much of Vegas' success is really just the city of Las Vegas defeating millionaires, which is what it's designed to do. Like, who was it? Was it Anaheim now that doesn't go there the night before? Well, I don't think any team does. Well, no, because they were earlier. Because people were, like, sheepishly admitting to the fact that they were getting after it. But there was somebody I saw recently, and they didn't let them fly in the night before. They flew in morning. I think it was Anaheim. Oh, yeah. Well, Anaheim's freaking two seconds away by air, so it makes sense. Yeah. They never should. Like, no team should come in the night before. But, like, I would love to know why that was, like, an afterthought. Do you know what I mean? Like... Oh, maybe we shouldn't let our guys fly into Vegas the night before a game. Wonder Laid what could happen. Paychecks in the middle of an NHL season. <laughs> like, why wasn't that just a 
oh, they're getting a team in Vegas? Well, fuck, I guess we're staying in, you know, Sonoma or something for the Yeah, night. they should go to stay in, like, Reno or something like that, where the most trouble you can get into is $3 craps. <laughs> <laughs> where is the arena that you guys have been to with the best fan experience? Nashville. Edmonton. I love the Oilers. Everybody else sucks, and all their teams should disband. <laughs> What well, were they doing in Nashville that just kind of like... Well, they had Devin Dubnik fresh off being traded from the Oilers, mm. first of all, which made people on social think we knew Devin Dubnik, which mm. is I've, not I've, the case. I've been to a few games in Nashville, and one was playoffs, one was regular season, and so like this is what, this is what gets me excited about the Ice District when it's done, and already excited about having a downtown arena, is that their arena is just like plugged in right on their main strip, their tourist strip, so there's lots of live music bars and all this stuff. So there's a good vibe outside of the building already, which is something Edmonton's going to have. But when we walked in there, it's like it's like you're at an Avicii concert. Like it's just like the tunes are blaring. Um even so like pre 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 game. Pre 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 game. So like you're like you walk in and you feel like you you've gotten into something. Yeah. So there's a high energy as soon as you walk in, but the in-game experience, you know, they've got a live band that performs at, at intermissions, but um it's the rituals they have in the crowd. Like yeah. when a when a player gets a pen, when an opposing team gets a penalty, and they have an in-game announcer sits in the in, in between the two penalty boxes, names Paul, and so the minute like a penalty goes uh, against the other team, Paul's on the on the mic going "Fang Fingers," and then everyone starts this like rant. I don't know what it is. Uh, and then the guy goes in the box. And then... There's nothing more confusing, sort of interrupt, than being at a sporting event where you don't know the traditions. Oh. When they yell, thanks, Paul, for one minute left, yeah. there was a little piece of Wanye that shot out and fell on the floor, <laughs> yeah, if yeah. you catch my drift. With a minute left in the game, yeah, the, he, he'll go and announce one minute left in the second period, and everyone will say, thanks, Paul. But then also the fans, when you score, when Nashville scores against the, whoever, uh, the, the, the crowd goes on this big, long rant about how, that, how the goalie sucks, how it's all his fault. It's college it's, sports. It's yeah. ex exactly. So it's it's the the crowd brings a vibe. So somewhere that that had to start somewhere. I don't know if that's the team or there's a fan club that, that creates all that, but it's it you you feel like you're really a part of something. When I hear you talk like that, what I think to myself is we really should have started some stuff like fan club. What the hell are you talking about? There are no fan clubs in 2018. If anyone's going to be starting up chants at Oilers games, it should be us. You mean it's it's almost like Nashville went further than just hiring that guy that runs down the aisles and takes his, takes those shirts off. Which guy? That guy's fantastic, though. I remember when I first saw that guy, I was like, "This guy's a genius!" And then I'm like, "Wait a minute! How many shirts has he got on? This guy's a pro." Well, I find now it's predictable. Yeah, now, now it's just, but but I guess not a lot of people go to multiple games, so if it's your first time. You'd be blown away. It's also still fun. I mean, I've been catching Chimo snack attacks at bloody Eskimo games for 25 years. It's still fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he definitely gets the, the surprise has worn off. Yeah, the, exactly. Right. Yeah. And like, like I said, this guy's now doing it for a living and this guy looks haggard. Speaking of surprises, we got a surprise for you. It's called a commercial break. We'll be right back. SumoJerky.com. What is SumoJerky.com? Let me explain it for you. They, what it is is they scour the globe for the best beef jerky, including rare brands and small batch jerkies. They try all the jerky and review all the ingredients to make sure everything meets Sumo Jerky standards. They ship the best jerky to your door every single month. You eat delicious beef jerky and praise the internet computers for getting it right. Friends don't let friends buy gas station jerky. Go to SumoJerky.com. 
beefjerky.com. Sign up today. If you don't like beef jerky, I bet you your mom likes beef jerky. I bet you your dad likes beef jerky. Everyone likes likes beef jerky. It is the perfect gift to get for Father's Day, Mother's Day, graduate, even Valentine's Day. It's sumojerky.com. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at sumojerky. And check them out at sumojerky.com. We're back. We've been swearing at the break. Dan's been giving us all sorts of information about who controls Nashville's chance. It's a group of surly fans up in the cheap seats who kind of remind us of ourselves. Mm. We what was it called? ourselves mortal enemies. Cell block, Cell block 303. So section 303 in Bridgestone Arena is the rowdy section that's created all the chance, which actually makes sense now. Like when I went to that SHL game uh, in Sweden with our boy Ufe, uh, the year garden game, there was that section with all the crazies that stood up the whole game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're singing and ranting uh, the entire game, and then when good things happened, everyone would stand up and join them. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that, that that makes sense. So we don't have that rowdy section. We have we it on the internet. It. It's us. Yeah, I could just see be. Uh, I could just picture being at Roger's place and trying to get something going where you're standing up, and then some guy behind you, hey. Sit down. And the ushers yeah. are like, you're not allowed to cheer in here. Give us all your money and get the fuck out. Yeah, it's gonna t- it takes some work, but if you can we bi- can do it. Yes, I know. I'm just saying, if you can bound together one section or at least get – you need to get a little a little bit of a mob. You gentlemen, just get- gentlemen, gentlemen, it's 2018. You don't have to be in a physical section anymore. You've got so many people following the nation throughout the building. But Of course you could. i got a five-hole chance. Time. You have to lead by example on this. You have to trust – it's not, you're not telling somebody to tweet I something. Know. I know, but that's how you get your early influencers. Wanya is right, though, in the sense that yes, – Last that? year in the playoffs, I got a five-hole chance started at Rogers Place. And you playoffs. know Rick started chance many a time. That's true, but, well, that's true in terms of bag milk for playoffs because playoffs is, is, a, is a more heightened It's time. a different People animal. Are, it is a different animal, and you can get chance. I've gotten chance going at games. Oh, now everybody in here is just a chant leader. Do you I've never but, gotten but, shit but, started. But, am I, uh, but I'm not saying in, the whole, in, in my section, maybe not in the whole building, but uh, – it's it, it just take it just gonna need to take a concentrated effort, which is totally doable. One it's of doable. my legit bucket list things to do is start a wave that sustains. I will be honest with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think about it lots. And I'm always like, ah, someone else will start one. And then they do. And that's why I haven't done it to date. My peak crowd moment came in two thousand four. It already happened. What was it? It was at Oogfest. Oh. Remember Oogfest? Do we I do. remember Oogfest? You just didn't name today would for be the uh, headliner. Yeah, the headstones were always there. Yeah, they but were, yeah. Oogfest 2004, Vanilla Ice was there, and I started a Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go chant, <gasps> and the whole crowd got it going. And he did the first verse of the song when he came out. Because of your chant? That's right. Unbelievable. It doesn't get better than that. Wow. I've that peaked. Is, that's, that's living right there. The I've greatest peaked. thing I've ever seen, and Jay, you saw that. I think you saw this too, was our buddy Lee at the game when his girlfriend was on the scoreboard <laughs> against the Senators. So our boy Lee is back in the day in, in the old barn, of course, and his girlfriend is a looker, and she's on the scoreboard, and everyone's t- yelling, yay, look at you, girl, go for it, or whatever you yell. And then he comes barreling into the picture and body <laughs> checks her out of the way. And he's wearing a Senators jersey at a Senators game, and he starts flashing the logo, and everyone starts booing him. And he's got beers in his one hand, and he stands up and gives the old ear to the crowd. And he looked like a seasoned WWE heel. And he said to me afterwards that everyone at the arena booing him was way more exciting than everyone cheering. I bet. Yeah. Getting booed by 18,000 people would be something. It means you did something good. See, we're going down to Calgary this coming weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like we could get booed. We can definitely get booed. We're, see, that's the thing, though. We're coming with a mob, which is key. And we'll, we'll, will we get ourselves a chant? 
no problem. S- and then we'll we'll will motivate all the other Oilers fans that are around us to chant. And we can you can hear us on television for sure. Let's get serious. Are you guys going to bring in any secret signs or any sort of something that they know the nation's in the building? Like we could bring some flags for sure. We could just be rocking flags like capes. Fifty yeah. of us wandering around oh, the building. Oh yeah, flag city. That'd be a good move. I've often thought about if you ever want to bring a big sign in, how you could like loop it around your leg inside mm-hmm. your pants and then attach them and then. You know, speaking of things that are cool games, that giant ass Canada flag in Ottawa is something you could roll out here. That is so awesome. That has happened in Edmonton before. I have touched that flag. No. Yes. When? I don't don't know if it was. Obviously, it wasn't playoffs because a decade of darkness. But (laughs) I remember every single moment of all Oilers games back to my birth. (laughs) No, all I know. I've had the flag go over me. I've had the flag go over me. Military, military appreciation. appreciation. You know who love the military? Matt fucking <laughs> Hendricks. <laughs> they uh, they gave him a shout out when Winnipeg was here earlier in the did. year, did they not? Of course. They cited him as the reason for the Allies winning World War II. Exactly. He wasn't even born. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. That's they a leader. Mm-hmm. Mm. Matt Hendricks, poor guy. I know. I miss him. Well, I okay, military appreciation night. But we could rock flags like that. Well, whatever. Singing the anthem used to be our thing until every Tom, Dick, and Harry of the team copied oh. it. And you know what really grinded my gears, Peter Griffin, is I was watching the Vancouver game, fuck, probably Saturday, sorry for the F-bomb, and the, the, the singer did the, the, the microphone to the crowd thing. Was there anybody there? Like in Vancouver, they don't like give a shit. They're the worst team in the league, and it's nowhere. they're not in the playoffs, and he's pointing, doing, the, doing the playoff move. This that was my- our move that they took, and they, they claim it's their own, and then this asshat does it in the regular season. And this is why their team should fold. I don't oh. know how many more times I need to write a letter to Gary Bettman saying, please fold the Vancouver Canucks. Thanks. Anyway, sorry. That was just came to my mind, and I had to rant because I have a microphone in my hand. Don't worry. Vancouver's getting what it deserves. Have you seen a Sedin lately? They are looking elderly. Well, which what is it, Henrik? One of the teams yeah. has like three goals or something. Yeah, Henrik just scored his first goal in like sixty games or something like that. <laughs> but they're getting Elias Peterson or something. He's yeah, he's uh, ripping it up. When they got he's Brock, what's his nuts too? Who's, yeah, Besser. Yeah, he's good shit. Yeah, great hair on that kid too. I'm interested to see how that uh, Tolvanen kid who's coming to join Nashville for the rest of the year is going to perform. How was, on earth do you know who that is, and why are you wishing for anything? Who is this person? Oh, I know. Why is your part Swedish now? Well, he's Finnish. Yeah. Uh, but because of our boy <laughs> Larvenin, I, I, I pay attention now. It's kind of it's kind of neat seeing what's going over across the pond. I, uh, I'm, I'm slowly be obsessing myself with Scandinavia. I'm starting to wonder how much space you have left for Oilers information in your brain uh, over there. I've got all the, I've got all the room. Mm, you did remember military appreciation night before Dan had to give us a lot. I'll give you that. I don't know where I was. Apparently, I don't support the troops. <laughs> <You never do. laughs> that's a, that's a topic for another podcast. Supporting the troops? <laughs> yeah, why or, or not? Yeah. Yeah. True, true. Well, Wanya doesn't support the troops. Coming up on this week's episode of <laughs> yeah. Real Life Podcast, <laughs> brought to you by a variety of local businesses. How are we doing for time over there, Dan? Speaking of variety of local businesses, we're doing we're got eight minutes. Oh, man. Goodness. Oh, that's nothing. Got all sorts of time. Well, according to this, Blake Wheeler beat somebody down, and all I did was write clown beside it. Beat down clown. You got anything you want to add for a little bit of color? color? Yeah, so basically what happened was Blake Wheeler got into a scrap at Jets practice with Ben Sherratt. Ben what, Sherratt. What's a Ben Sherratt? Please inform me. He is oh, a... Larvinen didn't tell you at your Scandinavian <laughs> hockey meeting that apparently you well, chair... Well, if you notice, his last name is nor, nor Finnish or, or Swedish. Ben Charotten? Not. Nah. <laughs> oh, now like, he knows uh, who he is. Like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, that guy. Me and Ufe were just talking about him. So apparently, uh, tempers got heated in practice. 
going into the playoffs. Jets have already clinched, mind you. And they get into it in practice. It's kind of filmed by the TV crews that are there. And then they have to explain it afterwards. And I just thought it was really interesting how Wheeler was just like, yeah, we fought. Sometimes when you're playing a sport like this, the boys get fired up. We went at it and it happens and they owned it. And it was, everybody was like, oh, oh, okay, that's fine then. Like we thought you were going to maybe deny it or something, but he didn't. And I think that's really interesting approach to that because we had a, uh, a situation similar. Oh, you mean when Drysaddle slipped and fell and knocked himself out on nobody's particular fist? That's correct. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where I think it dragged on for so long that if they had just come out and said, you know what, a couple of the boys that got into it a little bit, it's over. I think it does kill it if you do it like that. Because I'll... The, when I was in my early 20s, I got into a fist fight with two of my fr- two of my buddies. Simultaneously? Yes. It was just like that scene from Anchorman where everybody's fighting. Stay off the bath salts, kids. It is not <laughs> a good idea. Yeah, one that, I'll miss that friend now. <laughs> but anyway, we got into it on two separate occasions with two of my buddies. And then it was kind of one of those things where the next day you talk about it and you're like, you good? And he's like, yeah, it's over. I'm but see, only real, I won't say men because that's not the right term, but like, an enlightened individual can get over that shit. Most people can't. But you've gotten into a scrap with one of your buddies before, haven't you? Oh, yeah. But you get over it. Yeah, I get over it. They often do. <laughs> it's like when you break up with a girl. It's only weird if you make it weird. Exactly. And oftentimes it's weird. It's like Taylor Hall's departure. We've made it weird. Yes. I've tried not to make it weird. And I still, uh, you know. George LaRock made it weird. Yeah, he just made it weird for us. Yeah, it got real weird. So you think if we came out and got ahead of all of Connor's illnesses, they would have gone away quicker? Like, Mm -hmm. Connor has the flu instead of, like, finding out through, like, the dark channels that Connor's sick. Me going through his garbage, looking at all of his (laughs) drug receipts. Hey, if you know a better way to piece together what's going on in the McDavid household, I'd love to hear it. Tylenol, cold and flu. I wonder why he's taking this. (laughs) But it's just, like, not, you know, in that one, why was it? until way after that we found out. Everybody who was around the team must have known, oh, shit, Connor looks kind of gray over there in the corner. What's going on? Like, why did nobody say anything? Rather, we would get articles going, oh, Connor McDavid to blame for the tonight's loss. Oh, yeah. really? Because he had every illness under the sun and he's still a point-per-game player. There's two things people can do talking to me that makes me think they're a chump. Very quickly talking to them. The first is complain. Right. Like complaining in my mind, unless you're complaining with a solution in mind, is just sort of wagging your tongue. But the other thing that really drives me nuts with people is when they have valueless secrets and they tell you to keep them secret. Hey, 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 Jay, don't don't tell anybody. I think I think I'm going to go be the assistant manager of the other Chili's. But keep that shit to yourself. <laughs> the fuck? Who cares about you going to Chili's? Who cares? Whoa, the whoa, Oilers whoa, whoa. keeping upper body whoa, industri- whoa, whoa. Injuries, injuries secret in game 20 or, or 78 of a losing season. They've always done that. I can remember in the decade of darkness when we were out before the season started. They'd be like, whoa, can't tell you what's wrong with Cam Barker. Hint, he's garbage. Right? And I think one of the reasons why we talked about it before, like give fans a fair shake. Give them the truth, and people can handle that. Say nothing, and it's ten times more annoying. Yeah, and with the thing like the guy's sick, he's got strep throat. Like this isn't. It's a secret, though. Yeah, weird. I would have felt better knowing that. I think I would have too, because there was times where we were in this office, we were like, Connor's doing Connor things, but something's different. Yeah. He's a point of game player, but like, eh. 
They're like, gross points. And it's, 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're just not Connor points. Like, it is quite evident. Like, a Connor McDavid point is so exciting to witness right now, uh, which, you know, once again points to the fact that, like, that guy must have been running at 10%. Yeah, and why like, didn't we know? Like, maybe give him a week off and get him on an IV or something and get healed up. Like, like we, he's, Get some he's, fluids? Get some fluids. He's, we need him at 100% longer. B12 shot? I think yeah. everyone's thrown back some to steroids, maybe? Like, yeah. <laughs> when, oh, uh, juiced up Connor would be something. Oh, amazing. Oh, my God. Anyway. No, no, no. Let's talk about <laughs> yeah. this. Imagine they, like, sent him over to the Russian Olympic Federation and they got to put all their stuff in him. Yeah, they'd be fantastic. He'd be unstoppable. He'd be, he'd be, uh, you know, he'd be in T two. He'd be the guy who gets shot and then his head goes back together. I think Connor could go on steroids and nobody would even bat an eye because he's so <laughs> much better than everyone else that if he just got super juiced up next year, you're like, oh my god, he had four hundred points. I think it's a lot less creepy and like freaky for people than if like, oh, I don't know, take your pick. Milan Lucic scored ten goals next year. Then you're like, hey, something's up. This guy's on performance enhancing something or others because he's playing out of his mind. I've thought for a long time that they should have leagues where all the players do steroids. Better living through chemistry, I agree. I think it's that like crazy fighting league in in Quebec <laughs> that uh, you've got that's run by the HA. That's all. Uh, I had a buddy. Up guys. I had a buddy that got invited to play in that league wow. after he was done his uh, junior B career because he was a scrapper and he's there. He was talking to us about it we were all sitting around as buddies just kind of talking about his future in hockey which was winding down he's like well i got invited to play in this junior league in quebec or this fighting league in quebec so we started watching highlights and some of these guys are just like barbarians on the ice there is no skill whatsoever they are there to punch faces and we were like i don't know man like do you really want to do that like you're good at fighting and all but your brain's kind of important for stuff. Mm -hmm. Motor skills and counting and <laughs> things. What would you put your hat on? Yes. You didn't have a working brain stem. Agreed. Exactly. Did he go? No, he didn't go. Because you up, guys talked him out of it? We did, and he ended up drilling holes, as you do in Alberta. You drill holes looking for stuff in the ground. Oh, yeah. Beats, mostly, I'm told. <laughs> yes, they are way down there. Down the pits of hell, those fucking beats. Well... <laughs> They're down in the pits of hell. Well, if there's one thing we learned from this podcast is... Bang Milk loves beats. He, he just can't get over his love for beats. You love Scandinavian hockey more than Connor McDavid. Love it, yeah. I wish his name was Connor McSvenson. And oh. I still am not living down Sam Gagne not being the captain of the Oilers. It could happen. Ghost ride. Ghost ride. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.